0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Truth, Justice, and the Ian Han way. My name is Ian Han, and I want to say welcome back. And I hope that you guys understand that that whole little sappiness stuff is going to be every 10 episodes. So thank you for anyone who tuned in on last week's show. Again, sorry for the tonal shift. I decided to try to do something a little different. But now we're back, and we're going to be goofy again. We're going to be fun. We're going to talk about fun things. So before we get started, I just want to say, if I sound a little nasally at all throughout the broadcast, I apologize. I'm a little under the weather. I've been kind of that way all week. I'm going to feel terrible if I feel actually super better on Friday. And I'm like, I could have just gone live and have this really nasally crap instead. But, you know, that's just the breaks. and I kind of wanted just to get this out of the way, you know. So, today has been a uh, interesting week so far. Not just today in general, but this has been a very interesting week. Uh, the weather is crazy. Um, for those who don't live in the Midwest, um, we were able to live through both spring, winter, and a little bit of summer all throughout the same week. Started out with a really crazy slushy snowstorm on Sunday. By Monday morning, it was all gone. All The snow was all gone. It was like 60, 70 degrees. And it was almost 80 degrees yesterday. So... It's been a fun little ride for everybody here. So, yeah, so maybe that's probably why I'm a little under the weather is because all the temperature changes just messing with my body. Who is to say? I know that that might not be the best thing, but who cares? You know, let's uh, talk about some uh, other fun little things going on today. So, if you are very well aware, in the month of April, one of the most anticipated movies of 2019 is upon us, Avengers Endgame. That comes out April 26th, uh, 25th, for those who want to do those really cool, fancy, special screenings, you fancy people, you, on the 25th. My sister is one of those who are going to that, so hopefully she has a fun time, and I know Austin from AP Radio is also going, so hopefully, um, thinking outside the box office, we'll have a nice little talk about that. I'm going on Sunday with uh, my buddy Josh for his birthday, and hopefully it won't be an awkward time since I'm the people I haven't talked to in quite some time now are also going to be there. But if they make it awkward, that is them. I'm going to just try to have a fun time uh, seeing some of my favorite superheroes potentially die for good in this iteration. That's going to be really great. I'm excited. Woohoo. But before we get started with today's video, I do want to mention about Endgame. The spoilers, unfortunately, somehow were able to leak online. So just be careful out there for anyone out there who likes to read internet comments on any video for some ungodly reason. So just be careful. I know if you, unless you don't care about the movie, but if you don't care about the movie, don't ruin this experience for anyone else. This is a movie that I'm really excited for. And I really don't want to have my experience dampened in any way, because some jackass on it online just so happens to have the end game uh, spoilers just at the ready. So just be careful out there, folks. Um, I'm happy that I haven't found any yet, but it is unfortunate that I have seen that flying through the w- atmosphere right now. We have nine days before the movie officially comes out, so. That's not cool. Also, Super Smash Brothers uh, three uh, update three just came out. I believe sometime today. Joker from the Persona five game uh, has been announced for the first um, guest character for the game. That he looks kind of cool, but he doesn't look as interesting as I thought he was going to be. I'm not. I'm not going to get it. I don't have any money for that. I'm more concerned about Mortal Kombat eleven and just other games I want to get. So I can just be like, I'm good, and just close off from on new games entirely. But today, we're going to be talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I know that I kind of took some pot shots at it a little bit ago, and I am definitely in a little bit of a place right now that I think that we can safely talk about it, you know? So today... Ooh, I'm peeking! Ah! Sorry about that, folks. This is. Oh my god. Like butter, this controls like butter. Anyway. So, today we're going to be talking about the end game. We're going to have a three part video. The end game. For end game. Part one. The MCU has been around since 2008, and I think it's time for me to kind of pay tribute to it. Despite the fact that I don't love every single movie and actually have a lot that I don't really enjoy, at the end of the day, most of these movies are pretty good, so I'm going to be ranking them. From number 1 to 21, and 21 being the movies that have officially been on video and released in some way, shape, or form. Not the upcoming projects like Endgame or Far From Home. So we're going to be talking about the year they came out as well as the movie and just kind of why they're in that specific place. Don't feel bad if this movie or movie that you have on here is at the spot it's at. This is just my opinion. I have been a big comic guy my whole life, so I have a reason why I think one movie is better than the other. But don't take it as my way is law and your opinion sucks. Because it doesn't, my opinion is just my opinion, and the same thing can be said about your opinion. So with that out of the way, we're going to be talking about number 21, and in terms of years, I just want to tell you just like really where some years were better than others, and just for a quick hint, 2013 is definitely my least favorite year of the MCU. And in terms of the bottom movies, the only there's only three movies I actually do not like on this list at all, so just... Before warning, this first half of the video is going to cover the first half of this list. So buckle up, buckos, because number 21 is one I think that everyone can agree is not good at all. Probably the worst of the entire MCU. So for my list, we're going to be calling this the last last movie dead ass last since nothing can really topple it. Thor, the dark world in 2013. This and another movie that came out in 2013 had a pretty thankless job to be coming up right after the first Avengers movie in 2012. Despite all the problems that that film might have, the one thing that it did do that is really hard to kind of come back to is like, Hey, we just assembled all the heroes we were building up to, and now we're trying to divide them again. It was not really easy, Whereas the first movie did a better job upon rewatches, I can safely say that I fell asleep probably the first time I saw this and after actually sitting through the whole thing, I see exactly why I don't like this movie. <clears throat> it's basically everything that people complain about the MCU, basically to the extreme. The villain is boring. The plan is convoluted. The action's not really that amazing. It's very all around dull. Thor not a great character. In general, it's just not the best movie. I feel like a lot of people who are attached to this movie and worked really hard on it, I do feel bad for it, but it's just bad. It's just really rough, and I can really see that having this be the movie that come out the second movie to come after the Avengers, you can really tell exactly why it's rough. Since Thor really wasn't really well developed from both the first Thor movie and the Avengers. So it's just all around just not a good time had by any. Number 20 is probably going to be one of the more controversial tip picks on this list, and it's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 in 2017. This is a movie that showcases exactly why I don't think James Gunn is that great of a director. I think he thinks he's a lot funnier than he is, which is probably why he got in trouble and fired for a little bit um, due to some stupid tweets. He's just not that funny. I mean, sure, comedy is very subjective. But just like how some people think that Kevin Hart is objectively funny when he is certainly not. The same can easily be said about James Gunn. This is just one of those movies that I can barely sit through. I probably sat through maybe ten minutes of this film and I'm just like, this is bad. I watched a quick summary and basically realized that I wasn't missing much. As well as people who have actually seen the film told me the exact same thing. I'm not really missing anything at all. The movie basically is the same as the first, except you switch around the idea of mommy issues to daddy issues, and then just throw in some really stupid pointless comedy that just doesn't go anywhere. It's a shame that the only characters I really like in this film have basically been the two characters I thought I would hate the most, the talking raccoon and the talking tree. It's really sad when inanimate objects and animals have a lot more personality than the characters that are actually human or humanoid. I'm sorry that I have to say that thanks to the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, I think Chris Pratt is a lot less talented than I originally thought he was all those years ago. It's a shame, too, because, you know, I thought he was pretty fun in some of these movies. But as time goes on, he gets less and less mature, and it just gets a lot more and more annoying. So sorry if you like this movie. It's just not on my list at all. Number 19 is The Incredible Hulk of, 20, of 2008, a.k.a. The Red Sheep of the MCU. This is definitely the weirdest movie in the entire franchise. Basically because of the fact that not only was this one of the few movies that wasn't actually produced by Disney Studios or Marvel Studios through Disney, this is one of the very few movies that was produced by Universal, actually this was the only one not produced by Universal, or that is actually the only one by Lionsgate, and it shows, not because I'm saying Lionsgate is bad, but what I'm saying is that this was one of those films that, you know, shows that the MCU early on in Phase 1 did not really trust a lot of its directors to perform good stuff, and they kind of played things too safe. As a result, we got good stuff like the first Iron Man, and then we got this pile of crap. Edward Norton obviously got recasted, so it's really hard to even watch this movie when you know that the Bruce Banner that you actually do like is basically having to get through this guy that you didn't even stick around for another movie. Barely anyone else is referenced or mentioned in this film, except for the idea that Bruce's vague girlfriend Betty could not even really be this specific iteration of the character. It's just an all-around sad thing to say, to say the least. The only character to actually make a return is General Ross, and he's in the other movies for about maybe a total of five minutes at the end of the day. So is it really worth watching a whole movie just because he exists? Not really. You can watch the end credits scene where Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark makes his appearance and save yourself about an hour and a half of just pure heartache. If there's a movie I really would love to skip out of all the movies I hate, this one might just be the one I hate the most, despite it being the best of the three I hate. Number 18 and onward will be movies that I really do enjoy, but there, of course, are some hierarchy. So the worst movie that I actually enjoy is Iron Man 3 in 2013, rounding out it being the worst year of the MCU. This was the one that come right off the hot heels of the Avengers movie. This movie got better upon viewings, but it's just an all-around mess. The Mandarin fake out is honestly not even that bad when you really think about it. It's more along the lines that they really kind of turn Iron Man, not Tony Stark, into kind of just a pointless kind of thing. All of his suits are easily destroyed, and it just really kind of showcases a really low point for characters, but it just kind of shows it played off in a really unfortunate way that all these suits kind of go to waste and they're pretty pointless throughout the film. There was a lot more bang and a lot more explosions than anything. The way that they handled Tony Stark's PTSD was not as bad as I was expecting it to do. But it does occasionally pick and choose when it wants to show up. And it kind of just really goes away throughout the last third of the film with almost zero explanation just because what he gets the trap in a lot of his chest or something like they don't really explain a lot of things they kind of set some stuff up and it doesn't really go entirely everywhere at the end of the day the movie is fine but it's got some problems that I think I can't overlook which is exactly why it's so low on the list no matter how many times I rewatch it it's just a very okay movie Number 17 is, unfortunately, the, the first Thor movie in 2011. This is another one of those movies that I think, again, people are playing a little too safe with. But I feel like that this shows a lot more this time around. Thor definitely feels like a movie that is really good and has the potential to be a really good movie. The problem that we are now currently faced with it is more along the lines of, well... Obviously, in 2011, there was another movie coming out around the same time, so I think they took a lot of the special effects budget out of Thor and put it into the other movie we'll talk about later. And you can really see a couple green screen effects and just some all-around awkward moments. It's a good film, but at the end of the day, it's more so that movie that you kind of have to watch before you watch the first Avengers movie. I mean, that can be said about almost all of the Phase 1 movies, But this is kind of, unfortunately, very important to kind of help understand what the main villain's plot's all about. Unfortunately, it's really sad to say the only good thing to come out of the uh, the first Thor movie was Loki. I mean, it's a good thing, but I'm just saying it's really sad when that's the only good thing to come out of this movie. Number 16 is Ant-Man and the Wasp of 2018. Unlike where the first two other movies of 2013 had to come after the first Avengers... This movie had to come out after Infinity War, like a couple months. I did not see this movie in theaters. I almost had almost zero intention to. I finally watched it through the power of Netflix, and it was okay. Definitely not as amazing as I was expecting it to be, and I think that's more so just along the lines that it's a problem that that's what happens when you have one of the biggest movies you were building up for almost 10 years, and then you just decide to have a little low-key movie after that. Where the first Ant-Man had to do really good after Age of Ultron coming out, this was just really hard to come after and be like, Hey, look at me, Ant-Man, remember? And it's like, we don't care, we're too busy still crying over Infinity War. This movie was fine, the villain was a lot better than the first movie, but since the first movie's villain is probably one of my least favorite in the entire MCU, that's not really saying much now, is it? Number 15 is Captain Marvel in 2019. This is another movie that I finally was able to finally just suck it up and see, and it didn't blow me away like everyone was expecting it to, and of course I still had the entire idea pervasive in my head that this is going to be the movie where the Achilles heel will be applied in Endgame so she actually doesn't just do everything for the Avengers, Rendering rendering anything cool she did completely pointless. Which is really unfortunate, and I don't blame anyone in the movie. I blame more so Kevin Feige for really hammering that point home for us. It's an all-around good movie, but I think the problem with Marvel Cosmic, except for really one exception on this list that we'll get to in a little bit, it just doesn't suck me in as much as I was expecting it to. Cosmic in general is kind of boring, and especially when it came to the Kree and Skrull War. I feel kind of bad in the end of the day that this is kind of just an all-around boring film. And I think that the biggest crime a movie can be, more than just all-around bad, is absolutely boring. This movie did have some really cool effects, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really save it for being as low on the list as it is. Number 14 is in the same boat, number 14, Doctor Strange, in 2016. Basically, the next thing after Cosmic that is really hard for me to sit through is mysticism and magic in general. Making Thor an alien was an interesting choice to not have magic that early in the MCU, but when it comes down to stuff like Doctor Strange, when you realize that that all the cool effects are just white noise for an all-around boring film, the trippiness kind of wears off after a while, and you realize that, you know, it's all flair and a lot less, you know, substance. The movie's fine, and I think the best thing to come out of it is obviously Benedict Cumberbatch's portrayal of a character I can give a single shit about. Besides that, I think his reprising the role in both Thor Ragnarok for a very quick cameo was really fun and tasteful, as well as being a really cool character, and probably, in my opinion, the best part about Endgame. I'm sorry, Infinity War, jeez. Don't worry, guys, I did not read anything about Doctor Strange in Endgame. I swear. I swear. But yeah, number 14, Doctor Strange. Pretty good movie all around. Number 13 is as high as I'll ever praise this entire franchise, basically being one of the most idiotic entries in the MCU as a whole, Guardians of the Galaxy in 2014. This movie is a lot more tolerable to sit through than the second one. Obviously, I actually finished the first one on more than one occasion. Probably one of my biggest concerns is obviously the comedy is a little too forced and it definitely just plays really hard. Volume 2, however, is definitely the reason why I actually want to skip the entire solo Guardian films as they drag on so bad with some really pointless and bad comedy. The first movie actually does do some pretty cool ideas and expand the universe in ways that we could never have imagined before. Unfortunately, they make Ronan the Accuser, one of the only cool characters in the Marvel Cosmic Universe, a punk-ass bitch who dies to a dance contest. I can't believe I actually said those words in the same sentence. All in all, it's a fine film, but just don't bother me with it and tell me it's the best movie ever. Because it's really not, and that's why number 13 for being an unlucky number, there is no perfect way to put it on here for being a good movie, but having some really unlucky moments for the entire MCU, in my very humble opinion. Number 12 and 11 will basically be essentially the same film. Number 12 being The Avengers in 2012 and Avengers Age of Ultron in 2015. The reason that these movies are in the specific order they are, which was why I'll probably round out the last half of this video. The first Avengers movie is good and is definitely still spewed by some rose colored goggles. But by no means are these good movies. They're good because the other movies just, I have some problems with a lot of them. But these movies, if those movies didn't exist, these would probably be a lot harder on the list, a lot further down on the list. The first third of the first Avengers movie is a mess. Boring car chases, annoying trying to make everybody hang out and be friends when it's not happening. Loki isn't really that amazing in the movie and is kind of a wimp for the first mid first part of the film. In general, he's all around just he's just cool because he's a god and he can't be hit by bullets. Basically, a whole bunch of shield agents aren't really fun. We do get some cool moments with the new Bruce Banner played by Mark Ruffalo, but that's really not enough for me. Natasha Romanoff definitely has, has a lot more to do. But the idea that Hawkeye is completely pointless definitely takes the idea away from it and just kind of crumples it up and throws it into a nothing pile of nothing. Captain America and Iron Man are obviously some of the best parts of the movie, and sometimes I even forget that Thor's in it. Being a character that I think that Josh Whedon has, has no idea how to work with since he is almost worse in Age of Ultron since he just takes a nice sit down and goes for a bath and being one of the biggest parts of that entire film. And, of course, the pissing contest and the fixing the turbine engine and the shield helicarrier are both just insufferable to watch nowadays. They were kind of cool, but at the same time, trying to force these entire people to really work together is a really hard thing to do. And it wasn't really easy to tear them apart, but at the same time, we didn't really see them together, so it really was kind of weird that we saw them already being torn apart. At the end of the day, the Horde battle with Loki was also kind of boring. It was cool to see the characters on screen, and obviously that big circular shot of all the Avengers doing cool things with that really awesome theme probably is the reason it's actually so high in the first place. What Age of Ultron, I think, does better is take a lot of some stupid, pointless dialogue, give us some really good dialogue, and a lot more good action. Sure, most of the big action set pieces do involve a lot of Hordes, but there are some really good moments that shine on through. In general, I think the biggest thing that they did really well was introducing new characters. Hawkeye was just an overglorified cameo in Thor and was kind of completely null and void for the first movie. This is kind of the first time we actually see Hawkeye do a really cool mo- thing throughout the film. Showcasing his family and showcasing a lot of other cool stuff for him was also a nice touch. Introducing characters like Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, and The Vision were also pretty cool, as well as finally showing off Rhodey and the Falcon in their respective film. The only thing that are good about that is the idea of two reasons. The new characters are actually really fun and really well done. I feel bad that Quicksilver wasn't given enough proper screen time and was unfortunately killed off before the movie actually ended, showcasing that he was actually one of the more interesting characters. I feel really bad that if any character had to die, it's one of the more newer ones, so we didn't have enough time to really spend with that character. But for the 26 minutes he actually has of screen time, he did a really fun and interesting job. Scarlet Witch and the Vision definitely need to be flushed out more, and I really hope that with that Disney Plus TV show they are getting soon will actually do that. I don't have complete another faith, though, since they've been completely using the two strongest members of the Avengers and making them kind of wimpy just because they're not big high household names like Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans. You can definitely see that pervasive throughout the rest of Infinity War, which we'll get into a little bit later in this video. At the end of the day, I really still enjoy the fact that these characters are really cool and pretty overpowered. James Spader's Ultron is pretty much a, has some big shoes to fill for Tom Hiddleston's Loki. But I feel like he does a serviceable enough job by making an interesting take on the mindless A.I. More so a very heartless character, but this time he has so much heart from the Mind Stone as well as Tony Stark's insecurities. It's a really interesting choice, but I feel like it hasn't aged that well. And I think the second reason why I like that movie so much is for the actual really cool final scene of the film involving the entire roster change. This is a good movie, for that specific reason, to showcase that the Avengers continuously evolve. Adding characters like Scarlet Witch and the Vision, as well as bringing in other characters like War Machine and Falcon, who definitely have earned their time on the team. It's really cool, and it sometimes makes me really wish that we enjoyed a chance to get to know this team a little bit better. And it would have been really cool to have them at least go on one little tiny mission for a little tiny movie. To kind of see how they would act more than just the other team. But instead of having them jump right into Civil War. But that's just one of the very few things that would actually change in the film. In the entire MCU is probably just give us a little bit more time with the second new iteration of the Avengers. Besides that and not killing off Quicksilver. I think that kind of just goes hand in hand. It would be really cool and I do see that there would have been some really cool ideas for the rest of the film. But maybe Quicksilver comes back in the Scarlet Witch and Vision show, which would be also kind of fun. I think that that all around would be a cool idea. So yeah, they're both pretty much the same movie with the same kind of horde fight with the main bad guy not being as amazing as we originally intended them to be. Loki basically wins by sheer charisma, and Ultron kind of just falls apart because he has too much charisma for a scary AI. The movie, at the end of the day, both did okay, but you can tell exactly why Joss Whedon is no longer part of the film. He doesn't make as many good movies as we kind of wanted to put him up on that pedestal for. I mean, look what he did to Justice League. He kind of freaking ruined that movie. So, with that being said, we have now finished the first half of the MCU rankings. When we come back onto the next half of the video, we'll be talking about my top ten. I'll be going into a lot more detail about why I like these movies a little bit more, since I feel like that I did press a little bit of time for talking about the first half a little too much when it came to talking about some stuff. So, hopefully you guys have enjoyed my nasally voice, and we'll be right back with the top 10 MCU movies according to Ian Hand on Truth, Justice, and The Ian Hand Way here on AP Radio We'll be right back after these messages, folks. And to those who are listening digitally, I'm sorry that I had to say it. But, you know, you got to deal with it somehow. Am I right? We'll be right back, guys. Stay tuned. And we are back. Welcome back to Truth, Justice in the Ian Hand way. My name is Ian Hand, and welcome back to episode 11, ranking the movies of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If you are just joining me live feel free to just not watch the rest of this video, but of course watch it. But in case you've missed anything on this broadcast, you can always catch us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, as well as APRadio.net to go to categories and search up Ian Hand and go check us out. We really appreciate any views that we get to help us continuously grow and provide more content for you guys in a really happy and fun way. And of course for anyone who has actually been a good person and listening to these digitally, please thank you so much and don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Ian Hand 11. Just so we can continue to talk, so maybe you guys can start telling me what I should start doing more videos on and focusing on more. Please let me know and I'm always available to talk. It'd be really cool to get some to know you guys a little bit more. So for the f- second half of this video, we'll be talking about my top 10 Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. I just did numbers 21 to 11 since there have been 21 theatrical released movies that have been officially out on video for at least a little bit of time now. Excluding Captain Marvel, which is actually something that I think is still in theaters, so go check that out if you want to watch it before Endgame. Spoiler alert, it's going to be pointless. Trust me. So for number 10 through 1, we're going to be talking about the movies that really, really are awesome. So starting with number 10, this is going to be the, this is the only character to actually get all three movies of his trilogy into my top 10 list, which I think is really impressive because they're all amazing in their own way. But of course, this one is ranked low for some certain reasons. Let's give it up for the movie that is a lot of people's favorite, except for mine, Captain America, Civil War in 2016. This movie was the last of the Captain America sequels. And I think this jo- this one had the worst, worst job of the entire thing. MCU. Being the Captain America movie to come after the best Captain America movie and the best movie in the MCU. Winter Soldier. Yeah, spoiler alert. I talked about my first movie before. I talked about the rest of them. But I think a lot of people like Winter Soldier, so I think it's all in good time. What Civil War does a really good job with is bringing out some characters and kind of giving us that little mission with the other Avengers. Unfortunately, it doesn't utilize everybody, since it doesn't use Vision or War Machine. Obviously, they're both very heavily armed for this situation, but it still kind of showed that we kind of got a little bit of something before that rift actually starts. The movie itself is okay, but it's definitely pervased by a lot of issues and problems. None of which are anyone's fault, but they definitely have some problems of their own. Some of them, of course, involve just the fact that Zemo is ca- criminally wasted and just an all-around not as good of the villain as he was in the comics. His plan is kind of convoluted and is definitely based on the idea that Tony Stark needed to be upset by the news of the video that he saw. Not that I'm saying that it's a bad thing, but you can really tell for sure that there are some things that need to go right for Zemo that definitely just so happened to work out for him in the end. Because if they didn't, it really would have been awkward if he was just like, oh, I guess that's the thing now. I'm not, I guess my whole plan was pointless. At the end of the day, Civil War does have some cool things by introducing Spider-Man, and Black Panthers, in some pretty interesting ways. Just like how Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch and Vision were both introduced in Age of Ultron, but by how those three were kind of ehly introduced, First Avenger does a. I'm sorry, Civil War does a great job of introducing Spider-Man and Black Panther in their own respected ways. This essentially is the true third Avengers movie, since of all the different characters in this film and all the different moments dedicated to each character. Iron Man is... This is almost as much as Iron Man 4 as we're ever going to get as much as Captain America 3. They're all really fine films, and just in general, I think they're all pretty good. There's a lot of problems with this one specifically, but I kind of overlook it because the airport scene is really fun and the action is really great. (coughs) Excuse me. Some characters are definitely wasted and have put to their fullest potential, but it's easy to overlook where some movies on this list are kind of hard to overlook. Looking at you, Age of Ultron. Whereas this whereas Age of Ultron and other Avengers movies just seem like advertisements for other solo movies, this seemed like to finally be putting the movie in a bigger, broader scope. Every character is acted well and everyone every moment you can really feel. There are some things I can definitely just nitpick at, but at that point, my argument is completely, utterly pointless now, isn't it? Number nine is a movie that I think has aged probably the best in terms of it, since it is the first of the MCU, Iron Man, in 2008. This was the movie that I loved, and I really still enjoy it to this day. Having at least two out of the three Iron Man movies in my top ten really showcased just how much this character means to me as well. This movie really shows us just how rough the old school movies were, but it does it in a pretty cool way. Robert Downey Jr. immediately steals the show as this character and really just kicks ass. I love the character so much, and it was almost love at first sight when I saw how awesome this movie was going to be. Jeff Bridges does a pretty good job as Obadiah Stane slash Ironmonger, and I feel like that not enough credit is given to him. I think he did a good enough job for basically being the first MCU villain. A lot better than some other people on this list, if I do say so myself. The problem, of course, arises from the fact that it's just an older movie, but it just definitely has a whole different feel to it. I really like the realism and the overall gravitas of the situation. And I feel like that out of most of the movies that do the same versus same kind of battle actually works kind of well in this film since Tony has some really interesting and creative ways of of doing damage to Obadiah Stane that I feel like that other movies just haven't taken any of that overall advantage with. I feel like that the first two Iron Man movies kind of do some creative things that I think that just are kind of absent in other films. Especially when it comes down to the fact that both of these characters have the same strengths and eventually the same weaknesses. In all, all in all, this is a great first movie that really sets up a lot of great things. And I want to know how many people actually stayed through the whole credits for the end credits scene because I know I was not one of them. Number eight is the entire reason I'm doing this little ranking right now. Avengers Infinity War in 2018. This is what the universe was building up to for ten whole years, bringing us all these characters just to see them eventually lose. Thanks to the abilities of Civil War, we are now in the Division Rift. Thanos the Mad Titan assembles all the Infinity Stones, and a whole bunch of crazy shit is happening. Iron Man, Doctor Strange, and Spider-Man get teleported to Titan... Captain America and the rest of the insurgent Avengers basically are on the run and having to deal with certain things as well, as continuing to, you know, be heroes through the shadows. With everyone divided, Thanos is easy to conquer, and he's able to actually win. It's a really cool film that, of course, is plagued with the idea of having to be on the opposite end of the spectrum, With a really good villain who is so powerful the Avengers cannot even hope to defeat. But all in all, it's a really fun and and ideological way that showcases just exactly why Endgame is going to be so cool. To really kind of hammer home the fact that this is going to be the last time I see some of my favorite characters. Having this truly be the beginning of the end does not sit well with me in the slightest. But yeah, this is a good movie, and if you haven't seen any of these other movies, I would recommend seeing this before Endgame at the very least. Number 7 is another Phase 1 movie that I think is another really good film that has aged pretty well. Captain America, The First Avenger, in 2011. Just like how I said that this might be the one movie that I think Thor definitely got chipped away from when it came to special effects, specifically because of this movie and what it did This is still a really good movie that I think actually holds up a lot more than some movies that came out last year or the year before. I mean, hell, look at freaking Guardians 2. Captain America the First Avenger is a really great World War II film and a really good flashback film with some really cool ideas. Little Tiny Steve Rogers is actually not the worst effect and I think has aged a lot better than I think it would have for about being an 8 year movie now. There are some really great nostalgic moments and really kind of helps the overall trilogy of Captain America come into play. They expand a little bit more upon him as the years go on, and I think he's a really great character all in all. At the end of the day, I think this is a good film. Go see it. Hugo Weaving, I really wish I wish he reprised his Royal Red Skull. But, at the end of the day, it's a really cool thing, and I gotta really stop... Uh, Ending all my sentences with it at the end of the day. So I think we should probably move to the future with a movie that I think is going to make me people a little upset with me having to be so technically low on the list. And that is Black Panther in 2018. This movie is good. I will never say this movie is not good. I mean, heck, it's on my sixth freaking ranking But what takes it away from the top five is basically because it's, beyond it being a really good movie, a really cool movie that visualizes the idea that it's almost an entirely all-black cast, showcasing a really awesome diversity, and taking the idea of the poorness of Africa and kind of taking the entire thing and spinning it around to this really cool, super technological, and awesomely advanced nation. Every single villain in this movie really shows up to play even the guy with the rhinos the guy who kind of becomes black panther's friend at the end of the day who is like that cool like ape dude who has like who's like doing the oh, oh, oh ah, ah, you know like those guys and um the two major villains claw and killmonger both just kill it clawby is a really interesting first half of the movie antagonist with his cool little sonic gun arm that he uses at least two times in some pretty cool and creative ways. And it's all around a shame that he wasn't used more in the movie. But he was used definitely better than some characters like Crossbones and Baron Von Strucker. Who basically got like maybe five minutes in the sunlight. Most of which had them getting their asses handed to them. But having Killmonger show up on screen was really cool. And just in general, having him be a badass ass portrayal, having his character portrayed so well by Michael B. Jordan. This character this does have a couple problems with it, having the end fight be definitely the worst in the same versus same I kind of contest, and of course was in pretty rough CGI, which is really sad for 2018. I'm not trying to say that that really hinders the movie experience for me, but it definitely doesn't do enough justice for me at all. I think that this movie is good, but it's definitely not number one, and I think that people should realize that it's just a pretty solid movie. I think that there's some other movies that should have been nominated for Oscars, and this is just not one of them. I definitely think Winter Soldier should have been one nominated for an Oscar for just how topical the movie's plot is all about, which we'll get to a little bit later on in this video. Now for my top 5, we're going to go into a little even a little bit more and more detail about these. So buckle up. Number 5 did a lot of things. It made me give a crap about cosmic stuff. It made me care about Thor. And it actually made me laugh with some really dumb, stupid moments. Thor Ragnarok in 2017 really delivers on a lot of things. The first couple of parts of the film, up until the part where Doctor Strange shows up... It's a really rough and pretty, ugh, movie. Where Thor basically showcases that Surtur, one of the biggest deals in the Marvel Universe, is nothing more than a punk-ass bitch. Criminally wasted potential by both the character, as well as the character Clancy Brown, one of my favorite voice actors of all time, to voice him. I think it's just all-around shame that the guy doesn't get enough to do in this film, except kind of sit around and then, you know... Do the thing he was supposed to do all along. But because Thor wanted him to. Rather than that he was destined to. Something along those lines. Carl Urban is another character that I think is also pretty wasted. For being uh, the executioner. I just kind of think that they could have done something better with him. But that's not really the biggest problem here. Um, Hella was done really well. But unfortunately, she, again, didn't get enough going on. The only two things we really see her do is kill a shit ton of people, break Thor's hammer, and then lose. That's really not enough for me to kind of say that she's a better villain. She's better by a lot in comparison, but from how we know that Marvel's overall villain choices are pretty much just ass and handled really poorly, does not really excuse the fact that she's not really that great but she's a lot better than what we've been given. But unfortunately, Jeff Goldblum is probably just amazing. The complete goofball this guy is, and I just absolutely love him. He's just this big loser who sits on a bathroom and is basically a dictator to this entire planet. He's really funny, he's charismatic, and all around just great. The moments between Hulk and Thor and Hulk and Thor and Banner are just great. Valkyrie is a great addition to the film, and I'm really kind of weirded out by that she just doesn't show up at all in the film. Did she get killed? Not my Valkyrie. No, that is not okay. She's like the only cool like female superhero in this entire MCU has to actually spit out. Don't do that to me. Thor's lightning powers are really cool. And of course, I can see why they gave him a cool axe in Infinity War, since he hasn't completely learned how to control his godlike power yet. But we'll probably eventually see maybe him drop the axe during the movie and then go full on beast mode without the hammer, axe thing. We can only hope so, because this is a really good movie. That I think that we could have added some other things to it. That might be the second part of this three-part trilogy that I am making for my videos. Number four is probably going to be the most controversial movie ever, because it not not only should this have been, in many people's opinion, after Thor The Dark World, not anywhere near my top ten, let alone my top five, and specifically over Thor Ragnarok, but I love this movie so much, and it's Iron Man 2 in 2010. Yeah, drink that in for a second. I love this movie. Now, I do understand where people kind of come from, that there are some problems with it. And with every single movie, there is probably problems with it. One of the biggest complaints I have about this film that I can't overlook... Excuse me. Is the fact that this is not much of a good MCU edition, but it's a really good Iron Man sequel. (coughs) Something that I think a lot of the older films were able to do. They were able to really convey some really good sequel stuff, and I feel like they've been just getting a little bit worse at that as time goes on. Look at Iron Man 3 and Thor the Dark World for some really good examples of what not to do when it comes to a sequel. What Iron Man 2 does is give us a different look at Tony Stark, and it tackles Demon in the Bottle in a pretty interesting and creative way where Extremis was kind of unfortunately wasted. Having Tony Stark's alcoholism be more of a thing that actually keeps him from dying rather than it's the thing that's killing him and he's struggling with it. Having the alcohol be the only thing that is keeping him alive is a more disturbing and dark way of keeping an eye on alcohol. In general, I think that there are some obvious problems. Mickey Rourke is very underused, and I think it's a shame because I think his uh, Ivan Vanko slash... Whiplash would have been a really cool thing to see if he was fleshed out a lot more. Sam Rockwell as Justin Hammer obviously took the show and was a really cool choice of a really goofy and yet sinister villain all in all. I really would hope to see if Sam Rockwell's Justin Hammer will ever make a reappearance in the MCU, especially if Tony Stark is dead. But the reason I love this movie is going to be boiled down to just two simple reasons. Or more so three. Yeah, let's just go with three. Number one, Don Cheadle does a really great job as his opening our act as War Machine. I feel like that this character settled in so easily and was so goddamn good. I feel like I really want to see Iron Man 1 redone with specifically just Don Cheadle in the driver seat as opposed to Terrence Howard. Nothing against Terrence Howard. I just really, really, really prefer Don Cheadle in this role. And have actually gone on to like other movies he stars in. Just like Hotel Rwanda, as well as the Miles Davis movie. And also go check out Black Monday. It's also kind of a cool movie, that I, a cool show that I think uh, people are liking. I haven't seen that yet, so maybe that can be something I can actually think about watching soon. At the end of the day, Rhodey was really cool and really well casted. And the introduction to War Machine was really cool. I really like that armor for War Machine, and I'm really excited that they really went into detail with that character for all four movies that he was shows up in. Even though I think Age of Ultron is probably the most laziest design, but they're here nor there. I also really like Iron Man's Mark Six armor with a triangle. I think that no matter how much we in- upgrade and increase his armor in general, that's the armor I always look to for being the best, best Iron Man suit the triangle is cool the little black like shoulder pad pieces in the front are cool the idea that he's really cool blue glow thing when he ever has his weapons out his blue glow the lasers are cool there's just so much about this suit that I love it's not really portrayed well and it's, it's not really portrayed well in other forms of media like the Lego games but it's definitely one of the my favorite suits of all time that actually makes a pretty substantial appearance in both the end of this film and in the first half of the first Avengers movie, something that not many other films actually got a chance to do, other armors got a chance to do. I mean, think about it. I mean, the armor that you mainly see him in isn't even the, movie, the armor from the last movie. It's actually his Mark IV suit, and the Mark V suit was just there for that really cool action sequence, and that's the end of that entire sequence. So, yeah, but the biggest thing about Iron Man 2 that I really like is the fact that it's a really pivotal step for Tony Stark's journey. At the end of the film, he's able to finally fix the problem with his heart, work things out, and he feels like that he's basically unstoppable. He is brought to a really high point, so whenever he gets hit really hard in Avengers, it shakes him throughout the rest of the entire time he's on screen. He becomes a completely different person at the end of Avengers, and we have to thank Iron Man 2 for making him at his absolute highest in terms of ego. He's completely full of himself by the end, and it's really fun to watch. We saw him hit some low points and actually dig himself out of it with the help of his, son, with his father Stark, with Howard Stark's words. Giving us one of the best kind of lines in the entire film showcasing that Howard Stark really want, cares about Tony, but he just can't show it for some reason because of all the shit that's been going on with S.H.I.E.L.D. I think it's really cool that they kind of continuously hint more and more at Howard Stark's overall life, having him basically just think he was just some regular Joe Schmo for, the Stark, for Stark Industries, then having him be a guy who really helped out people in World War II, and then even becoming a co-creator of S.H.I.E.L.D., this is a really cool moment that really shows that there's more to Howard Stark and more Tony Stark out there. And we wouldn't be getting the really cool redeeming Tony if it wasn't for this movie being a complete deconstruction of the character. So, if you want, still want to hate me for having it at number four, I don't care. I like this movie a lot, and I'm actually super excited to rewatch it with my MCU marathon. Number three is another movie that I really like, and it's Ant-Man in 2015. Having this be the only movie to come after an Avengers movie that actually did better than the Avengers movie. Age of Ultron had a lot of problems, and I feel like Ant-Man being a more low-key story about some funny guys doing some heist stuff, guest starring the Falcon was a really cool touch. Paul Rudd immediately made me fall in love with this character of Scott Lang, And Michael Douglas eventually had me warm up to him being a cool Hank Pym. It was really cool that he came back for the sequel, but this was more of the movie that I thought he did better at. The movie in general is pretty fun, and just all around funny. Really showcasing the goofiness of the MCU, but unlike Guardians 1, or Guardians in general, this movie knew how to do it right. And I think that's because they had actually funny people say some funny frickin' lines, with some really good delivery. The comedy is good, the action itself is not as amazing as ever, but the shrinking scenes and the overall heist feel to the movie was actually kind of creative. And I really would have loved to see a Pikmin-style Ant-Man video game, but of of course that's really not the thing we really want to see, but I think that Pikmin Ant-Man would have been really cool. Ant-Man so yeah i think that if i if you need to really watch anything with paul rudd in it ant-man is definitely probably one of the best choices for anyone to watch number 2 is another movie that i think is really really not given enough credit for being a good movie whereas iron man 2 was a good was a good iron man sequel but not a good mcu movie this was a really great mcu movie while being a not so great Spider Man movie, Spider Man Homecoming in 2017. This was a really good movie, and I think that having Peter Parker be younger and be kind of more on Iron Man's shoulders is a cool and creative decision that can obviously have backfired a lot, which is kind of a shame. Having Michael Keaton's Vulture really steal the show, as well as setting up other villains like the Shocker, Tinkerer, and Scorpion in a more organic way than the Amazing movies could have ever done. ...is pretty amazing of itself. Tom Holland really, really took the role of a young Spider-Man and has delivered perfectly. This movie is really good, even though there are a lot of issues with it. It made me feel like a young Spider-Man fan again, just like how Spider-Man PS4 really broke the shackles on there can never be anyone who does Spider-Man right. I might make a video later down the line showcasing why this is both a great and terrible representation of Spider-Man. But all in all, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. So, of course, it's got to be number two on this list. And, of course, number one is Captain America Winter Soldier. No fucking shit. In 2014. This was a good movie. This is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Not only have I watched this movie multiple times in a week, I can watch this movie multiple times in a day. This is a good movie. Probably one of my favorite movies of all time. And I think it's just all around just a shame that this film wasn't given the proper... um, I think this movie was given a lot of proper time to really shine. And I think that people don't talk about it as much anymore. Except for people saying it's obviously one of the best and obviously my favorite. People don't really talk about why. It's a great spy thriller that really shows Captain America at his best and at his worst. Giving us some really cool moments of Falcon and showcasing his really big love for his best friend, Bucky, as the Winter Soldier. Showcasing the levels of depth that Captain America will go to, to bring down the idea for freedom over security, is a really awesome and topical subject. And the Falcon specifically was a really cool nod And I think the best thing ever about this film was Black Widow and Captain America's very believable friendship. Probably one of the best things in the MCU, and I really don't want them to go into the Banner and Natasha subplot that was really dumb in Age of Ultron. Please don't do that. Please. Please. All in all, this is a good movie, and I think that there have been better people who have talked about this movie on it being good besides myself. So, go watch it and tell me what you think of it. And there you have it, folks. All these movies are amazing, except for those bottom three. Thank you for watching, and, or I'm sorry, listening in to Truth, Justice, and Ian Hanway. Part two might be a little bit of a video of the top ten things I would probably change the MCU. <coughs> because obviously I'm that kind of guy. Don't worry, it's not going to be just get rid of the Guardians movies. Oh, no, I think I have a little bit more. I think you should have a little more faith in me than that. Coming up next week, we'll be talking about Endgame Part 2. As we talk about what I would change in the MCU to make it a little bit better for just me and some other people that I've talked to about it. For next week, this has been Truth Justice in the Ian Hand way. My name is Ian Hand. Check me out on all those awesome social medias and the other ways to see it. You've been listening to AP Radio, you guys have a good one, have a great weekend, and hope you don't get sick just like I was plagued with this entire week. Have fun, stay safe, and just watch out for Avengers, Online. Avengers spoilers for like an extra week than we were supposed to originally. Take care and have a good one.